It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. Blockchains are incredibly transparent. You see every transaction. So the, the malfeasance is good old-fashioned fraud. Welcome back to The Trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. I'm your host, Kelly O'Grady from over at Fox Business. Week three is well underway in the historic financial crimes trial. And boy, do we have a lot to cover. So bear with me, folks. I'm going to get you up to speed with every juicy detail that has happened. So first, the prosecution is still presenting their case. And on the whole, it's been heavy on the damning testimony, but light on the paper trail. And we learned why. According to a number of witnesses, SBF actually ordered his staff to avoid documenting anything that could cause legal trouble. He allegedly called it the New York Times test. Essentially, don't write anything you don't want reported in the New York Times, which frankly could be words for all of us to live by, (laughs) if I'm being honest. But while there's been no smoking gun yet, revelations have still been red hot. So we touched on this in the last episode, but Caroline Ellison, she was SBF's ex-girlfriend and the CEO of Alameda Research. She took the stand. She claimed SBF, quote, directed her to commit crimes, including creating fake balance sheets. Heads up, folks, that's fraud if it's true. We also listened to leaked audio from an all-hands meeting at Alameda just days before the collapse. I mean, put yourself in the jury's shoes for a moment. They heard an overwhelmed Ellison confessed to her staff that the company had been paying their debts with FTX customer money all at the order of SBF. I will say props to the trader who had been on the job three days, we found out, for secretly recording that conversation. The good news for the prosecution is her narrative sounded the same, even before she decided to testify in exchange for leniency. Further, it's been corroborated by a number of outside witnesses, including the founder of digital lender BlockFi. He even claimed the company went bankrupt because he trusted SBF and the company's faulty balance sheets. Today, it grew even more complicated when Nishad Singh, FTX's head of engineering and another who pled guilty to fraud, described a world where SBF was obsessed with buying access to celebrities and gaining influence in Washington through millions in campaign donations. And if that wasn't enough, now the defense has indicated SBF may testify But much of that decision could rest on his regular access to his ADHD medication. So that's where we stand. A lot has happened since we last spoke. Uh, So we're going to have some fun today. I want to bring in Christopher Alexander. He's a crypto entrepreneur, the chief analytics officer at the Pioneer Development Group. Who better to tell us if uh, the craziness that we have been hearing about is the norm in the industry? So welcome, Christopher. Thanks for being with us. Good to be here. Okay, so I have to start right off the, the bat. You know, we, we've been deep, you've been deep in the crypto industry, rather. Describe to me what Sam Bankman Fried's reputation was before this all collapsed. You know, he's on the cover of Forbes magazine. Um, what did he mean in the industry? Sure. So um, I think it's important to start with kind of the, the two sides of, of, of crypto, right? And, and, Without getting deep into what is crypto and blockchain and everything, I think it's important to understand that crypto is a byproduct of, of, of a blockchain. So there is this, this whole decentralized network. You can do all these things. And in fact, in the industry, we're trying to figure out what, what that's going to be. It has enormous potential. 
In short, you timeshare your computer, your computer does a calculation that builds blocks on a blockchain, and you get crypto. You then can exchange, trade, do other things with that crypto. So on one side, you have these people that are building this when you hear about Web3 and, and, and NFTs and all those things. And on the other, you have the, the, the money changers on the exchanges and the amount of money that can move through an exchange, get lost, maybe never exist, depending on <laughs> which of the three stories in the trial you, you, you want to uh, believe, um, attracts people that um, will take a lot more shortcuts and, um, and, and, and make money fast. In any industry where you make money fast, unfortunately, it brings in people who are problems. So to us, uh, as a blockchain company, we're the makers of the Liberty blockchain, um, getting your coin listed is nice, but it, it wasn't our focus. For, for some groups, it is. Um, and so we didn't really think much at all, other than perhaps one day someone would trade our currency, our, our digital rewards, mm-hmm. if they were to become listed, uh, they're not currently, to um, on an exchange. In terms of SBF, he was a little um, askance from the, the, the industry. What you really have are a lot of uh, like libertarians who are kind of uh, anarchists. Uh, they have a big crypto anarchist conference like out in Puerto Rico every year. And very much like, I don't have to listen to you, man. Uh, I don't have to follow the rules. Uh, to which I always say, you know, it's great that you're not interested in the U.S. government until the U.S. government becomes interested in you. <laughs> That's the tipping point, right? <laughs> well, well, they're kind of learning that, and a lot I could say there. But, but so, so um, he was a little bit different. Uh, you know, he leaned um, left or center left. I think this effective altruism stuff that he was into, to, to put it politely, if I call it that, I, I, I think that was sort of aligned with this kind of utopian vision people had. But, but generally speaking, he was definitely an outsider in, in, in terms of kind of his ideology as it was reflected. But so many people in the crypto world love to, to flash cash and buy head to toe Louis Vuitton and do all sorts of things. And while he wasn't at the fashion end of it, the opulent displays, naming rights for arenas, I think Mercedes, he was on their car, the Formula One car, you know, he, he, he clearly was, was, was into that end of it. Yeah, it was front and center when you watch Drive to Survive. Lewis Hamilton would be, would get behind the car. I'm like, oh, there's the FTX logo. That didn't age well, um, as we're as we're finding. So you, you mentioned the exchange side, and I'm I'm wondering if you can actually shed a little light on this for me. So one of the things that's at the center of this trial is this relationship between FTX, which was the exchange. And Alameda, which was this you know, crypto trading firm, a market maker, if you will. And one of the things that that his inner circle has alleged during testimony is he was very worried about negative PR if that relationship between Alameda and FTX, which he owned both of them, but was in in theory trying to step away from Alameda and create some distance. He was really worried if this special relationship came to light. How common are are those relationships in the crypto industry? You know, when you hear something like this, do you go, oh gosh, that's that's like any nothing I've ever heard of, or are there actually some of these murky relationships already existing because the space isn't super regulated? So I, I'm not aware of that happening. I, I've never seen it. Um, and there's again this incredible dichotomy with blockchain technology and what happens after the, the, a coin is listed. Mm-hmm. So there's this dichotomy with blockchain versus um, um, an exchange again. You know, blockchains are incredibly transparent. You see every transaction. In fact, uh, there's a, a coin analysis uh, or chain analysis, I'm sorry, 
great firm um, in terms of capabilities in D.C. They do all these forensics investigations for the government and they track down every last piece of crypto. Um, so the, the malfeasance is good old fashioned fraud. Right. It's, so it's, it's not that it's inherent. I, I would say it's not inherent to crypto because it's not, in fact, a, a, a feature, if you will, of crypto. While there is an anonymity, anonymity, while there's anonymity, there's not actually huge opportunity because everything can be traced back to you. So um, the cyber forensics are, are incredible. So it's sort of ironic, you know, FTX's problems were with accounting. They were with decisions they made to do that had nothing to do with the blockchain. And I, I think that goes back to this um, this, this problem that uh, ex- exchanges have where they're, they're not well regulated. Mm. People are tempted to take shortcuts. It looks like from from the trial that, that SBF incurred shortcuts. I think he said that effective altruism meant that they didn't always have to tell the truth, um, or at least it's alleged he said that by other people testifying. And so, so again, it's, it's just, um, you know, Bernie Madoff could have been in crypto just as easily as, as, uh, as he wasn't only because it wasn't there. So I, I think it's a mistake to think crypto is the problem as much as big money draws problems. And when there's a lack of regulation, you see these sorts of things. So I love that you brought that up, right? Because that that's kind of been one of the ways that we've been trying to frame this for listeners, for viewers on Fox Business and Fox News, that this isn't about crypto. This is good old fashioned fraud. And one of the things that the defense has been trying to do is make it complicated, right? Well, this was crypto. You know, there wasn't a lot of regulation. He didn't know what he was doing. Um, from listening to testimony, though, Uh, You know, there hasn't been necessarily that smoking gun. There hasn't been the spreadsheet or the transaction on the blockchain, like you mentioned, that's that tells the jurors, oh, yep, he's guilty or, oh, no, he's not guilty. Right. Um, Instead, it's been a lot of testimony, a lot of his inner circle saying, well, Sam told me that I should do this. And Sam directed me to build uh, a a backdoor in the code that allowed one company to take money from another. So we've heard from two of the government's key witnesses, Caroline Ellison, who I mentioned, and then Gary Wang, who was um, the CTO at FTX and also Sam Bankman-Fried's co-founder of both companies. Are what's been your assessment? You know, is it enough? Does does this sound like? Yeah, you know, maybe they're telling the truth or does it sound like the defense would hope that the jury uh, jury believes that it's two people trying to save their hide and get leniency after they've pled guilty? Yeah, it's from the beginning. I've been asked about this this case and um, as soon as charges were were levied. And and one thing I've, I've honestly wrestled with and I'm no closer to the answer now than I was when I first looked at it is how much of this is incompetence? And how much of this is malfeasance? It is <laughs> that is the center of all of this, right? And I think honestly, they're still trying to, to sort of detangle that to figure out what they could do. But but I'll tell you, there's a few things that I've sort of keyed on, and one was a new one I just heard recently. That I, I guess it was during Ellison's testimony the other day. She said she loaned her parents a hundred thousand dollars of customer money. Mm-hmm. You can't not know that that is wrong. Crypto, not crypto, whatever sophisticated trades they thought they're executing. You don't take the casino chips and cash them out and give them to your parents when <laughs> someone's going to come claim them at the end of the night. And so uh, I, I think it's very interesting because there's some, some there's a couple of points where it's it, they knew what they were doing was wrong. In fact, they text back and forth. They, um, uh, I guess, in discovery, there was some 
uh, text chats between SPF and Ellison. And, and she's like, I feel terrible about this. And he's like, I've, I've never felt better. And um, I think she said what she, she, she uh, fabricated, I guess is the right word, nine different balance sheets. Yeah, it was, um, it was seven, but yes, yeah, still, saying, still yeah. more than one. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Any is already a problem. Right. But you, you know that you're doing it. And, and, and so um, I guess if I'm sitting on a jury, I, I, I'm a pretty strange person with an unusual background. So I don't know that I am the average juror, but you know, there, there's so many things that anyone would know that they did wrong. I, I can't see how they don't think that it all, that, that that just starts to tip the balance. You know, you kind of lose the benefit of the doubt when, when you gave customer money to your parents uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, any of the other, other things that they, that they did. I mean, they really seem to have thought aspects of what they were doing was wrong. And I think that's come out in the testimony. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, you know, you the thing though that I love that you brought up is it was Ellison coming coming you know that was the example that that we're able to point to because whether it was incompetence, whether it was malfeasance, whether you know you believe SBF really didn't know what was going on and that all his his lieutenants are lying and 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 you know fabricating how much he was involved in we don't have that smoking gun for the person that is on trial. You know, we've got a bunch of folks that have have pled guilty to those charges. I want to get your take, though, on something we heard from the founder of digital lender BlockFi. Because for me, this was the first moment, uh, as well as when a, an Alameda employee testified, where I felt like the testimony got corroborated essentially, where, you know, you're hearing from Ellison, you're hearing from Wang, you're hearing from these people who have potentially a motivation to spin a certain narrative, right? I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm thinking about this Mm -hmm. this from the defense's side. Uh, But the BlockFi founder identified uh, conversations that he had with Sam Bankman-Fried. And the defense pressed him on it and said, well, you know, you gave loans to Alameda and your signature is here, and Caroline Ellison's signature is here. Wasn't that just a relationship you had with Ellison? And he said, no, I know that it was at Sam's request because I had conversations with him. He also shared they ended up in bankruptcy because of essentially close to a billion dollars of exposure across Alameda and FTX, partially because he trusted FTX as a platform, and he trusted the balance sheets that Alameda uh, had shared with him those those very seven, if we're to believe that there are, you know, seven different versions out there concealing the use of FTX customer funds. So, you know, from your position in the crypto industry, now you have someone else who had to file for bankruptcy as, as the dominoes were falling. Does that strengthen your feeling that, okay, Allison, Wang are telling the truth? Is that enough, maybe? Uh, if there isn't that screenshot where SBF says, yeah, go use customer funds. Yeah. You know, what, what I talk about is it, is it malfeasance and competence? I mean, I, I believe it's a mix mm-hmm. and I believe what the defense is doing is, is making sure to make that as, um, as foggy as possible. <laughs> yes. Uh, as confusing uh, as possible for us all. <laughs> and and I, I think that they're doing a pretty good job. I, I, I think if the jury convicts, it's almost more on a, on a gut feeling than, 
been a, a, a fact pattern, frankly, um, especially considering, you know, what they, they, they did a lot of their banking with disappearing messages or instru finance instructions and, you know, all the lack of corporate oversight that's, that's caused this problem. So um, it, it, it doesn't seem like these are, um, you know, a source you're running in a, in a counter drug operation who are uh, completely <laughs> untrustworthy and will say anything to get a reduced sentence. Um, you know, they, they're, they're admitting wrongdoing. I think Ellison still faces a staggering number of years. It, 110, just like him. Yeah. It's the exact same number. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, you know, she's there admitting what, what, what she did. I, I think that's compelling. Uh, but, but, but again, I, I don't even know to the extent that they know what was right or wrong. I, you know, clearly some of it, they, they identified it, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to make it out. So I do think they're, they're compelling. Um, I, I'm going to be very curious to see also now if Bankman Freed uh, gets on the stand. Um, well, and the Adderall request now, and just, I mean, there's always some twist in this that, that happens. There really is. You know, if anyone has started writing the movie or television series version of this, which I'm sure someone has, they've had to go back and rewrite and rewrite because it just keeps getting crazier. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, in, in, in a fraud trial, in a, in a white collar crimes trial, you tend to not see a defendant <laughs> testify. It's very uh, advised against because you get on the stand, you could get caught, uh, you might have to plead the fifth, you know, all sorts of different things. But we had the motion that I mentioned in the beginning that the defense filed that he may testify and it's coming down to whether he gets um, or some of it will come down to whether he gets his Adderall medication. And so just for for some context, uh, it's very widely documented. Sam Bankman-Fried has been diagnosed with ADHD. He's lived with this for some time. Um, he normally gets Adderall every few hours, but he gets it now when he leaves the prison at 4 a.m. And by the time he gets to court, it's worn off. And so the argument is, well, he's not able to focus and he wouldn't be able to testify properly. So let's assume that they work that out. It is still in the works. Uh, I just got out of hearing everything from court and they haven't fully flushed it out yet. Um, but let's say he does get it. Do you think he should testify? Because now all of a sudden you have all of these people that have said, oh, no, it was him. It was him. It was him. But no smoking gun. I can see arguments on both sides. What do you think? Well, the, the first thing I wonder is it's just a tactic to make him seem more sympathetic. Possibly. Saying, oh, fair. He can't get his Adderall and he's not getting a fair trial. And he may never testify anyways. You know, I, I can't remove that possibility. Um, but then... Um, you know, the, the, so many strange things have happened and, 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 and the whole issue is so convoluted. I mean, maybe it really isn't as, it is a benefit to testify, but you have to wonder, right? Like he, 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 he went on and on uh, until someone finally got him to stop um, giving interviews, talking about this when anyone who was watching this. Imagine was like, being his it. PR team going, oh boy, there's another one. <laughs> Uh, having already served as a spokesman for uh, for, for other billionaires uh, and, and people in crypto, I can absolutely empathize. I have <laughs> I have gotten some some requests. Yeah, uh, um, usually uh, not my current employer. Usually uh, uh, born of watching like Mad Men episodes. Um, you know, like just get out there and say that. Like it doesn't actually work that way. But 
um, you know, you do have to wonder the dynamic. Is he like, I'm going to save the day. That's certainly a theme for the past several years for him. I'm going to get up there and change everyone's minds. I know how to do it. I know better than you. Or is it, is it, again, I, I don't know if the lawyers will ever be able to write about it, but um, I, I would love to hear about just even preparing this case in a couple of years if people can speak about it. You know, that can be the, the follow-up to the first Netflix or Showtime uh, uh, series, I suppose. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting one because he has shown himself very willing to talk to the media, to be out there on the offensive, trying to create his own narrative. And when you think about founders in general, I've often you know, met people that you have to have this a thousand percent belief in yourself to get other people to bet on you, you know, to, to get you through those hard times. And sometimes that can drift. I'm not saying all the time, but that can drift into that founder having a big ego. And, you know, I, I think at least what we've, we've learned about allegedly, you know, Sam Bankman Freed had, a. I'm going to change the world. Uh, you know, I've got people to bet on me. And so I, I do wonder if that will bleed into his decision making. I also wonder if you're a juror and there is no smoking gun and there is no screenshot and it is just testifo- uh, testimony from folks. I might sit there and go, well, if you're innocent, why didn't you take the stand? Why didn't you defend yourself? You know, but he could also you put his foot in his mouth, right? And that, that, that could be what's driving it. They may, be, they may have figured he was never going to testify. And now they see this opening because there's not really anything. Like you said, there is no smoking gun. And that may be exactly why they're like, well, you know, maybe we do get him up here. Um, at the same time, someone who thinks they have a 5% chance of becoming president of the United States, I, I don't think uh, engenders a lot of um, every man like, you know. Um, but, but, you know, he loved to roll up having his bad hair day, wearing his, you know, t-shirt from from last night and um you know would talk to any reporter um you know he he clearly loved that attention and he knew how to use it to drive um i mean traffic to the website uh, uh, to bolster his reputation so again i don't know how much of this is moth to the flame and, and how much of it's calculated he, he really seems to be a, a mixture of of both I, i've had no personal dealings with him but actually my my dad um was a long time title and escrow uh, rental and escrow companies, and he was actually contacted by FTX to look at a um, a uh, insurance uh, against your your deposit. Uh, it's oh, kind of a technical technical product um, that I, I think you'll probably see from other other elements of the industry. But he uh, asked me about them, and and to be honest, I didn't didn't know much because these did, again we don't pay attention to exchanges as much as people might think. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know. You'd think Tom Brady's people vetted him. I remember, <laughs> I remember saying that. I said, I don't know, but I, I'd talk to him. I mean, you know, and um, and um, he I can't remember we met with and I'm not sure if I'm, I'm supposed to say, but he uh, he told me um, a few months later, he's like, I don't know what's going on over there, but it's a mess. And I told oh, him. No. Interesting. And, and they offered him a substantial amount of money to do it and a substantial amount of money to build. And he was like, I don't know what's going on over there, but I don't think I should be attached to it. So, um, you know, it, it, it was always a little weird, kind of the, the kids run amok. And, and I was once in a, in a, in a defense contractor uh, when I was younger, and we were all younger like that. And we didn't do anything nearly as irresponsible. Uh, it still got dragged through the mud. So I think this whole idea of this whiz kid that was fixing all the world's problems. I think he held up a banana at one point and said, I'm going to fix this. And, and 
I don't understand how no one said I can already buy a banana with money. Like you didn't actually <laughs> fix this. You know, it's this sort of strange cult uh, around this stuff that um, always kind of mystifies me. Yeah. Well, kudos to your dad for even even if if uh, there was nothing going on, there's certainly just been so much um, surrounding it and, and negative PR that better better not to be involved. Well, right. It, it, it's telling. I remember as a kid, you know, because he you know, he, he ran these town escrow companies. He was he was often used in RICO trials mm-hmm. because he knew exactly how you would launder money with real estate. So he testified in Medellin cases in Florida, Yakuza cases in San Francisco when we lived up there. Um, uh, he met Jimmy Hoffa when he first started, uh, walked into it when he was at a very low level. So he he knew a criminal enterprise when he saw one, mm. I'll, I'll just say. And then he went to FTX and chose not to uh, to do business with them. So I thought that's really kind of telling. Telling. Well, I, I think it's a, it's a good way to end this conversation. You, know, you, you brought up well, maybe Tom Brady's people would have vetted him. And, and that's kind of what we're, what we're getting into and what we can expect from future uh, days in the trial, especially tomorrow. Nishan Singh, one of the other prose- prosecution star witnesses, took the stand today, and he was describing this world of being obsessed with buying influence and access to celebrities. And they're talking about Sam Bankman fried hanging out with Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom and Hillary Clinton and donating into Washington. You know, I'm, I'm curious, final question to you. There's been such now a stigma of, well, how did these celebrities not figure it out? How did these folks in Washington take this money? Um, You know, do you think now there will be stigma around the crypto industry in general, or does this trial Kind of get rid of the bad actors, you know. Hey, actually, the, the space is is um, getting cleaned up as we move forward. I, I think it's going to hurt, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. I, I think people, it, crypto could be complicated. This just idea of an exchange versus the byproduct of blockchain, crypto, and blockchain itself. Itself, you know, it's not easy understood. I, I've, I've noted a few experts who are um, sympathetic to crypto, saying this is not crypto on trial. Um, and, um, I, I think it's being painted that way at times. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I think for the industry, we just want to kind of get this behind us because, you know, many of us are building something. We're very excited right. about it. Um, so that's, that's problematic. Um, and it's going to dominate headlines for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I, I hope it's wrapped up quickly. You know, the big, the big event on everyone's calendars, frankly, is come around April, Bitcoin halves. And the spot ETFs are anticipated to be done sometime before that. So, you know, it's it's going to be a busy time and this is going to kind of um, just suck the oxygen out, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we will we will see how the rest of the trial goes. We've got Nishad Singh left. We've got a couple of other witnesses from the government and perhaps Sam Bankman fried himself. Personally, fingers crossed on my end because I'm here for the entertainment. I've got my popcorn and I want to hear from all sides, all players in this to make it fair. Um, But Christopher, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your insights and sharing, especially that story about about your dad with us. That was such an interesting nugget to add color as we kind of sift through all of this. So thank you. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. (music) 
All right, folks, that does it for us. Remember, we are dropping new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Subscribe and listen for all future episodes. And next up, as I said, we've got some more explosive testimony coming from Sam Bankman-Fried's inner circle and perhaps Sam Bankman-Fried himself. Bye for now. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.